The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Vaughn, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Holland Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 95 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes, and should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The Lord's people are doers of the word and are not too busy to let life's little irritations bother them. The born-again believer lives life according to God's word. Yes, they may stumble and become embroiled in the difficulties and tribulations of this world, but God's people also understands 
that leaving everything to him in prayer and supplication will enable one to continue his or her walk with the Lord. The church choir directed by choir director Emilia Hahn will sing to you TV viewers the glorious number entitled God's Wonderful People. The choir will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Lach on the organ.
Let us continue with the church band. Directed by yours truly, the band are assembled and ready to play the song titled Deep River Midley.
As the believer strives for life everlasting with the Lord, he or she must overcome many obstacles that once burdened the believer's heart and spirit. Walking with the Lord means forgetting the things of the world, and that can be hard to do. Many are not able to go through life without the companionship of family and friends. However lonely you may think you may are, know this, TV friends, all you need is the love of the Heavenly Father. Our soul is for this morning is Emilia Hahn, and she will sing that beautiful song entitled, Someone to Care. Emilia will be accompanied by Trusty Associate Paris, Evans Broad Sr., and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, Iris Lock on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. When the world seems cold and your friends seem few, there is someone who cares for you. When you have tears in your eyes, your heart beats inside, there is someone who cares. troubles like no other can do. He'll come down from the skies and brush the tears from your eyes. You're his child and he cares for you. When your disappointments come, someone who cares for you when you need a friend a friend to the end there is someone who's a friend to troubles like no other can do. He'll come down from the skies and brush the tears from your eyes. You're his child and he cares for you. troubles like no other can do. He'll come down from the skies and brush the tears from your eyes. You're his child and he cares for you. You're his child
The church choir will sing their second number for today entitled, He Made Everything New. You are invited to sing along with the choir as the words appear on your screen.
The string ensemble directed by Edith Matsuku will play for you the melody entitled, Ye Shall Be Witnesses. Local group known as the Daughters of Judah are ready to sing the number entitled Have Faith in God. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate today's number to a wonderful sister in the Lord, quietly doing his will, faithfully working for the Savior and attending church services. Today's number is dedicated to Miss Asia White of Honolulu, Hawaii. 
May the good Lord continue to bless you richly, Aisha, and may he continue to strengthen and keep you safe in his precious care. And have a beautiful week in Jesus' name.
Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Jose Jandok, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the county of the U.S. for a viewing audience. Especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, this telecast cannot be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KCY channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and part of Nevada in Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV, channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time on Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit the website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in home state Hawaii. Services are held daily, Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service starts at 10 a.m. and the Hibbing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer services held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. on Fridays at 10 a.m. In our community branch church located at 1361 Polola Avenue, services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by our neighbor of branch churches. The service is also conducted by Pastor Reginald Vikasana Sinja in Kanakaka Molokai, Pastor Kenneth Enver in Lahaina Maui, Pastor Walter Aitino in Hilo, Hawaii, Pastor Leonard Kiwara Sanasi in Kolokawai, Pastor Hanover Sarai by local Pikiwayan, Pastor Vesper in Pesadona, Terminal, Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of your affiliations. There are no collections. If you desire to voluntarily continue to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated in the conclusion of the telecast. And I would like to return the program back to Head Pastor Brennan Jr., who brings forth a spirit directed and spirit father sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Jose. Indeed, TV viewers, it is very important to keep in touch with the Lord as much as possible. In spite of the fact that many of us love the Lord and pursue righteousness, we still fall short of the glory of God. I hope and pray that you're joining us each Sunday in our weekly Kingdom of God Crusade telecast is a means which helps to strengthen your vows with God or creates within you the desire to make yourself right with Him. Perhaps one day soon, you will become an instrument of the Lord and testify of His goodness and mercy to others. And I'll do join me in the reading of God's Word in today's sermon, Be an Overcomer. We are living in exciting times. The curtains are ready to rise. Thus, God has positioned the nations and the world for the last act. The Lord is winding up the final events prior to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in power and in glory. As I begin my message, let me emphasize one point. I do not attempt nor intend to reveal the exact day the Lord Jesus returns. I know not the hour, nor the day or year He comes. No one in this world knows that day or hour. 
We read in Matthew 24, 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. God wants everyone to be thoroughly aware of the time in which they live. Today, the world is heading for a catastrophe. We read of world conditions in 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. The letter from Paul to Timothy, with his indisputable detailed description of the conditions of the society toward the close of this 20th century, bears a stamp of divine revelation from God. The accuracy of these prophecies should be a challenge to the first church founded on the day of Pentecost. Time has already elapsed. There is no time left. In spite of the terrible conditions of the world, revivals and the power of the Holy Spirit, working through the lives of true born-again Christians, keep the world from becoming any more despicable. God has promised a mighty Holy Ghost revival will occur all over the face of the earth, and it is taking place right now in our country and abroad. However, the people of God must humble themselves, as you read in 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Four virtues are mentioned here as being necessary for the Lord's blessing and for the mighty Holy Ghost revival to begin amongst his people. Humility, prayer, devotion, and repentance. According to Israel's history and Judah, God did bless the people when they sought him and turned from their wicked ways. But whenever they became so involved in sin and idolatry, God sent judgment rather than blessing. Therefore, the revival must begin in us before others can be revived. Where does the church stand today? When we read the messages to the seven churches in Asia, we come to understand that the messages were not directed only at them, but there are timely even for us today in terms of prophetic significance. We can read the message to Laodicea, the period at the very end of the church age, as we read in Revelation 3, 14 to 19, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold, nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot, so that because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyes of that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. 
Be, there, be zealous, therefore, and repent. This message is for the church whenever it dwells more upon the word of man than upon the word of God. The city of Laodicea was noted for its warm springs, which were pleasant for bathing, but sickening to drink. And is a lightning of the church just before her Lord's return, in which some members were warmly devoted, some utterly cold, with most being a mixture of lukewarmness, a thermal state most disgusting to the Lord. The language conveyed strong warning against complacency. There is only one way by which a person can become accepted into the body of Christ, and that is by the experience of the new birth. Did you know there are many who are inquiring about the new birth? Many come during the night to seek spiritual blessings and witness the wonderful works of God during our divine healing services. They see devils cast out at the mere mention of the name Jesus. Asthmatics have been healed, lumps in the breast have disappeared, and a host of other wonder-working miracles have occurred while the applicants have been prayed upon after being anointed with oil. Many, after seeing the wonderful works of the Lord, marvel at the power of God and acknowledge that Jesus is the healer and the mighty physician who has never lost a case. And truly, God was manifesting the flesh in the very person of Jesus Christ. After seeing these miracles, many who only came for a healing realized that they had to be born again, repent of their sins, and take on His name in water baptism. In the Apostolic Faith Church, we give them some very explicit instructions regarding the new birth. Listen to John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized in water by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue, the only sign according to the Bible which confirms one has been filled with the Holy Ghost. Outside the name of Jesus, none can be saved. Acts 4.12 states, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What is a new birth? It is reality, yet a mystery which cannot be explained. We read in John 3.8, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and where it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The wind is a reality that no man can explain. Only a fool would say, I don't believe in the wind because I have never seen it. But I can understand it, for I see the limbs of a mango tree move in the wind and watch it tear a house into splinters. Thus can one deny the reality of the wind? Similarly, the Holy Spirit cannot be seen. He cannot be explained, but see his mighty power make the heart pure the liar honest, the drunkard sober, the drug addict cured, the rebellious pray, and then try to deny the reality of him. Today we find many churches diluting the word of God to their demise so that they become obscure and the position neither hot or cold. Just imagine, the Lord left heaven's glory to take the form of a servant in order to give us eternal life, and how unfortunate that the church should come to where its earthly positions are considered its wealth. How awful it is for the church to be rich, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. After offering cures for these maladies, Jesus, in his message to the church, brings the matter back to the believer. 
Let us read Revelation 3, 20 to 22. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Yes, viewers, the Lord is standing and knocking upon the hearts, the doors of your hearts. He is still gracious to all people, no matter what their creed, color, or nationality. When we speak of being an overcomer, we are indicating the process of facing temptation without succumbing. Let us read in Hebrews 4, 15-16, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The Lord Jesus could not sin, but he was tempted or tested in diverse ways, such as though loneliness and by being misunderstood, by having no place to lay his head. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He who tells us the answer lies in the overcoming, is the same one who has overcome and has taken the victory. Seeing that he was tempted in all ways possible, it behooves us to pay attention to Jesus' temptation, as we read in Matthew 4, 1 through 4. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Observe that it was the devil, Satan, who tempted him, and the temptation lasted 40 days. Satan had no doubt as to who the Lord was. When Satan said, If thou be the Son of God, he used the word if in place of since. For Satan's whole purpose in tempting the Lord Jesus was to entice him to act independently of the Father in heaven. The temptation of our Lord was real. It was addressed in every instance by quotations in the Old Testament that is in the Word of God. Solicitation to do evil is not of God, as you find in James 1, 13 to 14. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. God sends tests and trials only to make us better. Our own selfish desires are the sources of evil. We are drawn away by them. The cause of sin lies within ourselves. We read the 15 and 16 verses. Then when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Thus, we find that spiritual death means separation from God. Our Lord's temptation was to turn stones into bread in order to satisfy his hunger. Having just completed a period of fasting and prayer, Naturally, he became hungry, but he overcame the temptation to use his rightful power to perform wonder-working miracles for his satisfaction. Temptation of the devil is an ongoing process, as you read in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And as a roaring lion, Satan is persistent at enticing us to misuse that which we have in Christ Jesus, whether it be the power of the Holy Spirit, gifts, or our liberty. 
Listen to 1 Corinthians 8, 9. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Possessing power and endowments from God, we are faced with profound responsibilities and must overcome temptation if we hope to sit with Christ upon his throne. The second temptation Satan initiated was that the Lord cast himself down from the pinnacle of the temple. Let us read Matthew 4, 6-7. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus did not and does not need to prove that he is truly the Son of God. He was the Almighty God himself. Listen to 1 Timothy 3, 16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Another fundamental sphere of temptation is to doubt or to question the fact we are really the children of God through the new birth. The children of Israel could not enter into the promised land because of unbelief and doubt. As you read in Hebrews 3, 18-19, And to whom swear he that they should not enter to his rest, but to them that believe not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. However, we find there still remained at rest to the people of God. As you read Hebrews 4, 10, For he that is entered into his rest, he also had ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Therefore, to succumb to temptation and fall into the state of unbelief and doubt would rob us of our strength and spiritual vitality. For it is this blessed assurance in Jesus that creates within us the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, which characterizes Christian living. Let us read 1 Corinthians 10, 12-13. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand to take heed, lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, and will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that he may be able to bear it. God allows temptation and gives strength, that he may be able to bear it. Therefore, no Christian need ever be defeated. Now let's take the case of Joseph, who was sent to the very limit. He found favor with his master's wife in Egypt and thus was made overseer of the house. However, one day his master's wife laid eyes on him and she said, Lie down with me. We read in Genesis 39, 8-9, But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife." How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Here you find that God made a way of escape for Joseph, who stood firm and overcame his adulterous affair. Later, we find that the master's wife accused Joseph of lying with her. The evidence was circumstantial, and he was put in prison for standing for truth and righteousness. The question is, can we say no when we are tempted by a beautiful woman just as Joseph was? Now let's take another illustration. Moses could have had anything he wanted. After all, he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But what happened? Why? He overcame all temptation, as you read in Hebrews 11, 25 to 26, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, 
for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And what was the consequence when Moses upheld truth and righteousness? He experienced the same reproach that Jesus bore, hatred, persecution, and rejection. Moses realized that the pleasures of this world were the pleasures of sin. We are told to love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. 1 John 2.16 tells us, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. In other words, it is advisable to put Jesus first in our lives and not to give first place in our affections and interests to anything belonging to the world system that we can see, nor to the worldly pleasures and habits of this age which do not glorify God. Jesus tells in Matthew 5, 48, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Obviously, as long as we retain our old natures while on the earth and not yet boarding in heaven, we are not perfect as God. He is the only perfect one who is sinless, but we can be fully developed insofar as progress is concerned while on the way to heaven and Jesus' presence. The lone hope for this lost and dying world and its state of degradation is to meet Jesus and accept Him as Savior, Master, and Lord. And the only way the people are going to know Him is through an introduction by someone who already knows Him through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, a witness is a person who has observed something happen and therefore can say truly that it did happen. Listen to Acts 1.8. But it shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and it shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. At the time of his ascension, Jesus spoke to his disciples. We read Luke 24.49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And the promise of the Father is the promise of the Holy Spirit as it was manifested on the day of Pentecost when the 120 spoken tongues, as we read in Acts 2.4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Please note, it was the Spirit that gave utterance, not man. And finally, Satan's offer of the kingdoms of the world. Jesus would not consider such an offer. As you read in Matthew 4, verses 8 through 10, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for what is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Satan's one objective in the threefold temptation was to induce Christ to act in self-will, independent of his Father. The first two temptations were a challenge to Christ from the God of this world to prove himself indeed the Son of God. The third was the offer of the Prince of this world to divest himself of that which rightfully belonged to Christ as the Son of Man and Son of David on the condition that he accept the scepter of Satan's worldly principles. Christ defeated Satan by a means open to his humblest of followers, simply the intelligent use of the word of God. In his second temptation, Satan also used scripture, but a promise available only to one in the path of obedience. The scene placed the emphasis upon the vital importance of rightly dividing the word of truth. 
And now if you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, is your host, Head Pastor Billion Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. Our church band will end this delightful hour with a tune entitled, Joy Unspeakable.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.